So, hello and welcome to the next episode of Self-Development with Tactics podcast and today we are going ahead with um, the subtle art of not giving a fuck by Mark Manson, I think. I think it's Mark Manson, I don't know by now and I do not really want to scroll up because then I don't know where I've stopped. But I think we will go straight into it after I've told you <laughs> who I am. So, I'm Christopher Walk, and I'm a 17-year-old graphic science student from Austria and I'm pretty fucking pumped to go through this with you. And we will go straight into it. Um, who you are is defined by what you're willing to struggle for. Our struggles determine our success, our problems, birth our happiness, along with slightly better, slightly upgraded problems. The problem with the self-esteem movement is that it measured self-esteem by how positively people felt about themselves, but a true and accurate measurement of one's self-worth is how people feel about the negative aspects of themselves, which is um, pretty true. If you, you know, if you aren't pretty, uh, how should I say, if you can't, 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 can't handle yourself or if you do not love yourself in every aspect um, of yourself you know you you know you might not have that self-esteem of course there are some things you do not maybe like about yourself i just you know there are things i do not like about myself for example my angriness i get angry just a pretty fuck a lot of time and this you know but i can live with it you know, I can live with my bad sides and I can live with my good sides. And if there is something I can't live with, can't live with, uh, then I have to change something and then I will change something. And this is also something I, uh, you know, should tell you. Just if there is something you do not really like in your life, try to change it. Because why not? You have one life and you should really make the best out of it as you can. You know, and it depends on what you prefer or what your preferences are. If somebody prefers, I don't know, this is actually something I was talking about in the last episode as well. If you just prefer good grades or good marks in, in, uh, in school, then just work and struggle for your marks. If you do not give a fuck about them, just do not let any other people's experiences, not experiences, but opinions, just work on you or just, you know, hit you because your reality is your reality and somebody else's reality is their reality. Um, and just give a fuck about their opinion. But let's head on. Um, people who feel entitled view every occurrence in their life as either an affirmation of or a threat to their own greatness. The true measurement of self-worth is not how a person feels about her positive experiences, but rather how she feels about her negative experiences. Um, often, um, even if it's just hard to accept at these certain moments, and it's pretty hard to emphasize with all these failures you have, all these mistakes you make, are just, you know, they just fire you up to, to learn more. You know, you just learn through them. You just learn through them. But, you know, actually 
understanding this and uh, really emphasizing with it is pretty hard, even for me. I really hate to fail. I really hate to be bad at something. I really hate to, you know, to lose, especially in sports. You know, it's I, I hate it because I was always kind of used to win uh, when I was, you know, in these sport clubs and so on. I played soccer um, pretty long. We were always quite good. And now when I'm school and um, when I'm, you know, playing soccer, just get really, really pissed when I lose. Um, yeah, but I just forgot what I wanted to say with that. But we will go on. Maybe I'll... Uh, Maybe I'll, I'll know later. A person who actually has a high self-worth is able to look at the negative parts of his character, frankly. Yes, sometimes I'm irresponsible with money. Yes, sometimes I exaggerate my own success. Yes, I really too much, I sorry, I rely too much on others to support me and should be more self-reliant and then act to improve upon them. Uh, which is actually something you have to really, you know, put in perspective. At my point of view, working on your flaws is quite a good thing because it will help you just, you know, get better at something you're actually or actually now are good at to get even better because you just, you know, some flaws might uh, actually, you know, set you back or just are handicapping you and so on. But working on something you you know you know aren't pretty good at is at my point of view not that great. Because uh, just work on something you're good at now and then get really really good at at this certain task or whatever sport I don't know. Just get really good at something you are actually right right now good and you probably like because you know you might then be doing this your whole life long. And you know, working on something you're not good at will just take up a lot of time and you know, nobody actually cares um, how good at how good you are at, you know, soccer, even though if you are in a marketing agency doing Facebook ads, nobody would ever care. But they would care if you're the best one at your Facebook ads. Yes. And then, you know, saying something like, and then acts to improve upon them, it's also great in terms of flaws, at my point of view. Only, maybe not only because, or not because, but uh, not only, but maybe there are other aspects of life um, which are just, you know, approvable as well, or should be approved as well. Improved, sorry. A lot of people are afraid to accept mediocrity because they believe that if they accept it, they will never achieve anything, never improve and that their life won't matter. The rare people who do become truly exceptional at something do so not because they believe they are exceptional. On the contrary, they become amazing because they are obsessed with improvement. And that obsession with improvement stems from an un un unerring Unerring, it's U-N-E-R-R-I-N-G. Uh, believe that they are, in fact, not that great at all. I'll have to read this again because I didn't really get it. <laughs> uh, the rare people who do 
become truly exceptional at something do so not because they believe they are exceptional. On the contrary, they become amazing because they are obsessed with improvement. And that obsession with improvement stems from an, from an unerring or unurging, it, is it unurging belief that they are in fact not that great at all? I don't get it either this time, but you know, just go ahead. And this is even something I shouldn't, I shouldn't really be doing. I should read this as long as I get it or until I get it. Um, but you know, for you, and you might have already gotten it and you know, it just pisses you off that I'm, you know, reading this over and over and over again, uh, even though you actually just know it by the first time. For this reason, I will go on and maybe I will read through it after this session. Uh, if suffering is inevitable, if your problems in life are unavoidable, then the question we should be asking is not how do I stop suffering, but why am I suffering and for what purpose? Self-awareness is like an onion. The first layer is a simple understanding of one's emotions. The second layer is an ability to ask why we feel certain emotions. This layer of questioning helps us understand the root, uh, the root cause of the emotions that overwhelm us. Once we understand that the root cause, we can ideally do something to change it. The third level is our personal values. Why do I consider this to be successful or a failure? How am I choosing to measure myself? By what standard am I judging myself and everyone around me? At my point of view, self-awareness is just one of the things you should really be working on because it's really important. Uh, it's, I do not say it only because Gary Vee is also saying it. I'm saying it because at my point of view, it's also very important because you can't do anything if you do not know what you really want to do. If you know what you want to do for the rest of your life, you can get very, very good at it. If you just are like, you know, I, I know that I want to be, you know, a professional football player. And then after 10 years, you're like, you know, actually this wasn't my dream. And so, you know, you just waste a lot of time to improve on this certain skill and then you have to do something else and waste another lot of time but i'm not saying that you shouldn't try stuff out you should really try stuff out and please try stuff out because you can't really decide otherwise how or what you really want to do and what you like and you know what's uh, maybe triggering your emotions if you do not try stuff out but knowing why you feel certain feelings or emotions or why um, these occur what triggers they have is pretty important but we will go on. Uh, values underlie everything we are and do. If what we value is unhelpful, it's if what we consider successful or failure is poorly chosen, then everything based upon those values, the thoughts, the emotions, the day-to-day -day feelings, will all be out of whack. Which is true. If your basement is just a piece of shit, everything above will crash. Yeah. Yeah. But I read this again because, you know, values underlie every, everything we are and do. If what we value is unhelpful, so if you value bad food, if you value eating crap, if you value, I don't know, laying around in bed for at least 15 hours a day, 
if this is your your fundamental of your life, your fundamental of your life, your base of your life, I don't know. Everything above, you know, especially when when you are in bed, just doing nothing, 15 hours a day, there is no room there for your building. If you have, you know, a, a subtle, a great base, you can build a really, really, really high tower. And if you do have a really shit base, a piece of shit, uh, then, you know, it's not that good. But much of the advice out there operates at the shallow level of simply trying to make people feel good in the short term, while the long term problems never get solved. Take a moment and think of something that's really bugging you. Now ask yourself why it bugs you. Chances are the answer will involve a failure of some sort. Uh, what is objectively true about your situation is not as important as how you come to see the situation, how you choose to measure it and value it. Our values determine the metrics by which we measure ourselves and everyone else. If you want to change how you see your problems, you have to change your value and or how you measure failure or success. Pleasure is not the cause of happiness, rather it is the effect. Research so shows that once one is able to provide for basic physical needs, which is food and shelter and so on, the correlation between happiness and worldly success quickly approaches zero. Yeah. So research research shows that once one is able to provide for basic physical needs, which would be food, shelter and so on, the correlation between happiness and world uh, worldly success quickly approaches zero. Just have to look correlation up. Correlation. You know what? Translating. Okay. Get it. Just wanted to complain. You should never complain, by the way. Complaining is just, you know, waste of your emotions, waste of your energy, waste of everything. Complaining will not bring you anywhere. Uh, but where have I stopped? Where have I stopped? Um, constant positivity is a form of avoidance not a valid solution to life's problems which is totally true if you just force yourself to be positive all the time you just you know take every negative parts of your life and put it elsewhere and you just put your happiness in front of this so you can't really see the negative stuff going on in your life um, which is at my point of view also something that correlates with uh, with um, self-awareness because um, if you don't know that you actually have problems or that and that you're actually you know putting your happiness in front of your problems so that you do not see your problems without knowing this you will not do anything against your problems but um, I think this is great that they actually point out that constantly positivity or the constant positivity is just you know, it's, I don't know if that's even possible to be really, really and for and, and truly positive all the time. Um, by the way, if you're choosing the right values and metrics should be invigorating you and motivating you. That's true. When we force ourselves to stay positive all the time, we deny the existence of our life's problems. Mm. 
and when we deny our problems, we rob ourselves of the chance to solve them and generate happiness, which then would be true happiness and real happiness and actual happiness. Problems add a sense of meaning and importance to our lives. Some of the greatest movements of one's life are not pleasant, not successful, not known and not positive. Good values are reality-based, socially constructive and immediate and controllable. Bad values are super... Su what? Superstitious. Uh, it's S-U-P-E-R, so super. And S-T-I-T-I-O-U-S. Socially destructive and not immediate, immediate or controllable. When you have... Because I'm reading immediate, immediate, I think it's the same. So just doing something right now. If there's something you really want to change in your life, do it right now. Pause this video and or this podcast and do it right now. Or just begin to do it. Just, you know, move a step forward to achieving your goal right now. Because if you do not do it right now, the chances are pretty high that you will not do it ever in your life. Chances are really, really high. And you know, with, with habits, you just really have to add my point of view. And it's something I've talked about in this uh, in the episode before the last episode. That uh, if you uh, really want another habit to, to get into your life. And you know, you just want another habit. You have to do it right now at my point of view. Um, gradually doing something and putting something in your life um, what a lot of people would suggest you may be working for a lot of people I just do not want to say that you have to do what I'm saying it's just what my experiences are and how I'm used to doing it if that's not working for you do not do it but I tend to, to be a very strict and do everything just quite overnight I just do everything right now because I'm um, the faster you start, um, you know, really doing your habits or just, um, yes, let's say doing your habits, uh, the faster you get really, the faster they get actual habits. You know, if you just do it right now and then you do it tomorrow and you really have to be consistent and not be like, you know, I've done it the last two weeks. Now it's okay to do something else. I do not do it and so on and so on. This wouldn't work. Just have to be consistent do it all the time, and so on. Uh, when, you, when we have poor values, that is, poor standards we set for ourselves and others, we are essentially giving facts about the things that don't matter, things that in fact make our life worse. Often the only difference between a problem being painful or being powerful is a sense that we choose it and that we are responsible for it. If you're miserable in your current situation, chances are it's because you feel like some part of it is outside your control and that there is a problem you have no ability to solve, a problem that was somehow trust upon you without your choosing. We don't always control what happens to us, but we always control how we interpret, it, interpret what happens to us, which is something I talk quite a lot about privately so outside of these videos and this is something very interesting very very interesting it's just always it's always a term of how you interpret is is it interpret interpretate 
interpret, let's say interpret, I don't know, it's just in terms of how you interpret things, you know, um, let's make not like a really tough example, I'm just thinking, if you're losing 50 dollar, 50 you know, it might be painful for you, and then you can decide whether you're just, you know, complaining about it all the day, or you just be like, you know, the next time we'll just, you know, give, um, watch my money a little bit more, and see that I'm not losing it, or nobody steals it from me, and so on. So it's just like how you how you look at it. It's always in terms of how your perspective is. Um, for example, if if someone is calling you a piece of shit, you can either be doing nothing, maybe hit them, or leave. It's just in how you how you interpret or interpret whatever um, what he's saying. And all the time, I think, and I know that I'm not pretty good at explaining this one because I've no, uh, not always been able to because it's pretty hard. It's just, you know, I think of something that would work in terms of explaining it and then I explain it with these words and it's not quite working out like I wanted it to. But that's okay. But let's actually see... Um, we don't always control what happens to us, but we always control how we interpret what happens to us, as well as how we respond. Ryan Holiday writes a length about perspective in the obstacle is the way, which is another book by Ryan Holiday. And the more we choose to accept responsibility for our lives, the more power we will exercise over our lives. Take 100 responsibility. Take 100% responsibility for your life. Is principle number one in the success principle by Jack Canfield. No, sorry, Canfield. Canfield. Accepting accepting responsibility for our problems is thus uh, the first step to solving them. What does thus thus mean? No, it's it's thus. Ah. ah, I see. This is what it means. Um, a lot of people hesitate to take res- responsibility for their problems because they believe that to be responsible for your problem is to be also to also be a fault for your problems. The responsibility fault. A fallacy allows people to pass off the responsibility for solving the problems to others. Our beliefs are malleable and our memories are horrible, horrible, unreliable. The more something threatens your identity, the more you will avoid it. Manson calls this the law of avoidance. The more something threatens our identity, the more you will avoid it. Which is totally true. The... The fucked up something is, the the lower the chances are that you're actually doing something about it. Or something, I don't know. Now, do not take this one. I won't, I do not edit anything, but I won't cut it out, but don't take it for granted. When we let go of the stories we tell about ourselves to ourselves, we three ourselves up to actually act and fail and grow. 
There's a little that is unique or special about your problems, that's why letting go is so liberating. The narrower and rarer the identity you choose for yourself, the more everything will seem to threaten you. For that reason, define yourself in the simplest and most ordinary ways possible. Questions that will help you breed more uncertainty in your life. Questions that will help you breed breed more uncertainty in your life, which means I think nothing positive, but I'm not sure. Yeah. So things you should not do. Do not do these things. Do not ask yourself these questions. What if I'm wrong? And if so, if you're wrong, just give a fuck about it. Um, this is actually something that's really deeply in my mind uh, for the past few few weeks is what Jeff Bezos, the, the, the CEO of Amazon, was talking about. He says he would rather make really fast decisions than um, 100% right decisions. Because um, often it is like, um, you know, these fast decisions can be um, reversed pretty easily. And this is something that's really in my mind. Just do it really fast now. And if you just do something wrong, you can always be like, you know, I'm sorry for for doing this. It wasn't uh, like what I really wanted and so on. So the first one you should never ask yourself is what if I'm wrong? Uh, what would it mean if I were wrong? Uh, what being wrong create a, would being wrong create a better or worse problem than my current problem for both myself and others? It's worth remembering that for any chance change to happen in your life, you must be wrong about something. Being able to look at and evaluate different values without necessarily adopting them is perhaps the central skill required in changing one's own life in a meaningful way. And I will do it or I will read this one again. Being able to look at and evaluate different values without necessarily adopting them is perhaps the central skill requiring so being able to to look at your your values and other values and to see if they work for you or not is i think this is what he wants to say or something uh is a key thing to to being able to change your your you know your own things and i will i maybe i'll go through everything but you know, no, I, I won't go through it. I won't go through it because then it will only be, you know, me reading this and... But maybe it's good for you. Just do it. So we'll go through it and read everything and I may explain something or, you know, tell something about what I'm, what I'm actually thinking. Manson tries to live with few rules, but one one that he's adopted over the years is this. If it is down to him being screwed up or everybody else being screwed up, it is far, far, far more likely that he is the one who screwed up. If it feels like it's you versus the world, chances are it's really just you versus yourself. Improvement at anything is based on thousands of tiny failures and the magnitude of your success is based on how many times you have failed at something. If someone or some yes, if someone is better than you at something, then it's likely because he has failed at it more than you have. 
If someone is worse than you, it's likely because he hasn't been through all of the painful learning experiences you have. We can be truly successful only at something we are willing to fail at. If we are unwilling to fail, then we are unwilling to succeed. Life is about not knowing and then doing something anyway. Action is, isn't just the effect of motivation, it is also the cause of it. If you lack the motivation to make an important change in your life, do something. Anything really. And then harness the reaction to that action as a way to begin motivating yourself. So if you lack the motivation to make an important change, just do it and just find the motivation. Just do something against it and so on. When the standard of success becomes merely acting, when any result is regarded as progress and important, then inspiration is seen as a reward rather than re, uh, prerequisite. Uh, we propel ourselves ahead, we feel free to fail and that failure moves us forward. Ultimately, the only way to achieve meaning and a sense of importance in one's life is through a rejection of alternatives, a narrowing of freedom, a choice of commitment to one place, one belief or one gulp or one person. We all must give a fuck about something in order to value something and to do and to value something. We must reject what is not that something. The desire to avoid rejection at all costs, to avoid confrontation, conflict, the desire to attempt to accept anything equally and to make everything cohere and harmonize is a deep, subtle form of entitlement. The difference between a healthy and an unhealthy relationship comes down to two things. One, how well each person in the relationship accepts responsibility and the second one is the willingness of each person to both reject and be rejected by their partner. The mark of an unhealthy relationship is two people who try to solve each other's problems in order to feel good about themselves. Rather, a healthy relationship is when two people solve their own problems in order to feel good about each other. Entitled people who blame others for their own emotions and actions do so because they believe that if they constantly paint themselves as victims, eventually someone will come along and save them and they will receive the long they have the love they have always wanted. Entitled people who take the blame for other people's emotions and actions do so because they believe that if they fix their partner and save him or her, they will receive the love and appreciation they've always wanted. It can be difficult for people to recognize the difference between doing something out of obligation and doing it voluntarily. So here's a limited test. Ask yourself, if I refused, how would the relationship change? Similarly, ask if my partner refused something I wanted, how would the relationship change? It's not about giving a fuck about everything your partner gives a fuck or about. Uh, gives a fuck about. It's about giving a fuck about your partner regardless of the fuck he is or she is giving. Conflict exists. Okay. Conflict, conflict exists to show us how. Uh, who is there for us unconditionally and who is just there for the benefits. For a relationship to be healthy, both people must be willing and able to both say no and hear no. When trust is destroyed, it can be rebuilt only if the following two steps happen. The first one is the trust breaker admits the true values that caused the breach and owns up to them. And the second one is the trust breaker builds a solid track record of improved behavior over time. Death is the light by which the shadow of all of life's meanings is measured. Confronting the reality of your own mortality is important because it 
obliterates all the crappy, fragile, superficial values in life. You're going to die and that's because you were fortunate enough to have lived in the odds. To be a human being is 1 to 5, no, 400 trillion. And then if you do not, you know, do not do anything with your life, with this chance, you know, chances are much higher that you have been some sort of, I don't know, bacteria than a human being. You have, you know, especially if you are living in the north, in Northern America or in Europe or some other, you know, pretty, pretty healthy and rich and wealthy states and or areas, just do something with your life. Just please work on something you love. Please. Really please. I, I really please you because I don't get why people just work on something because they get more money out of it in the first place, but they get really, really unhappy. And if you're doing that makes you happy, you will get the best at it and you will then make just a lot more money. So, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Just please work on something you love and do really something, sorry, you love. Just do it, please.